Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded, a podcast all about creating visibility, paths for growth, and opportunity for entrepreneurs. We focus on those entrepreneurs who are statistically underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. Your hosts are Zena Island, president of X Plus PR, a media relations agency, angel investor Aurelia Flores, managing member of Athena Digital Media Group, a digital marketing agency, and angel investor Christina Francis, president of Esteem Logic, an information technology consulting and training firm. In each episode, you will meet a new startup founder, hear about their company and where they are now. We then focus on one key challenge facing that entrepreneur, a challenge that is common among startups. Each episode also features a guest expert to weigh in on the challenge. Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded. Welcome, welcome. I am Aurelia, and I have to say that although I love all of our shows, today is extra special for me because we are talking about Facebook and what Facebook does for small businesses. And I was, I was just mentioning to the ladies, I am in Facebook all day long, mostly working on Facebook ads and um, certainly familiar with the platform and so forth. But Laura McGorman is going to tell us about their new and upcoming stuff and some of the data they're gathering and so forth. So we're just going to be talking all about what Facebook is doing to support small businesses, the different products and campaigns that they're launching, and some of the really interesting research that they have uncovered. So Laura is a public policy research manager at Facebook. She focuses on Facebook's impact on the economy and how Facebook data can be used for social good. Prior to joining Facebook, she has held positions at the U.S. Department of Commerce, OPower, the World Bank, and USAID. She has a bachelor's degree in economics from Columbia University and a master's in international development from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Welcome, Laura. We're excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Aurelia. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, why don't we just launch in with some data? Why don't you let, tell us a little bit about how many small businesses are actually on Facebook? Facebook actually has uh, one of the largest online communities of small businesses in the world. So, in fact, 80 million small businesses around the world and 10 million right here in the U.S. use our platform to grow, sell, and hire. Um, and this is taking place all over the world. So, small businesses are operating on Facebook in the U.S., but as well as in countries like Nigeria, India, and, and nearly every country across the globe. So 10 million in the U.S., that's, that's a large number. I didn't realize it was that large. And we were actually just talking uh, yesterday about just the growth of small businesses here in the U.S., particularly women-owned uh, women, uh, businesses. And almost all the businesses we know actually have a social media plan. So how do businesses actually grow themselves on Facebook? Is it just ads or what other tools do you offer? That's a great question. Uh, when most people hear Facebook and small business in the same sentence, they, they do typically think of ads, but that's actually often not the set of tools we're talking about. So in fact, less than 10% of small businesses on our platform pay for advertising and instead use a variety of free tools. So this includes things like a Facebook page, which is a free online presence similar to a profile for a business, Facebook Messenger, which allows you to communicate in real time with customers about products and services, Facebook groups, which allows you to connect with other businesses, 
or Facebook events, which allows you to promote activities and events that your business is running. Uh, we also have a job product, which allows small businesses to recruit employees. And so for the vast majority of small businesses on Facebook, uh, their experience is one that's actually free of charge, which is one of the main reasons why we know so many small businesses turn to our platform and use it every day. This is Zena. I'm surprised to hear that with so many small businesses on Facebook. Why do you think they're not using or utilizing the, the ad feature? So many small businesses do, um, but I think, again, one of the reasons why use of, small, of Facebook by small businesses is so ubiquitous is because small businesses, as you, as you guys very well know, are resource constrained. And so when you're first getting started, um, being able to leverage a wide variety of free tools is extremely attractive for a small business who might be having to choose between paying for an online ad um, and paying uh, their workers' salaries. And so we think that many of the tools that we make available for free on Facebook are are very attractive to small businesses because of their low-cost nature. I know for our clients, we tend to use kind of a combination of free and paid um, offerings that Facebook has. And I think there's so many ways in which people can use what Facebook has that people haven't often thought about. One of the things that we do, I know for our clients, is do market research, um, in part because, you know, data, oh, Facebook collects so much data on people and different groups and different industries and so forth. And so I think both for B2B and B2C businesses, I think most people think about B2C businesses on Facebook, but actually there's a lot of B2B businesses too. So, I mean, I just think there's so many important, powerful ways in which and which companies can use Facebook. And particularly in the startup realm, when you're trying to get the word out, you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to let people know what you're doing and, you know, and find out kind of which direction to take. Um, one of the things that we did for one of our clients was um, figure out which B2B businesses you should be targeting, for example. So I think there's just, there's so much great um availability of tools and ways in which you can make use of those tools. Can you tell us a little bit about how those small business demographics break down or what kind of data you collect on the small businesses that are on Facebook? Sure. Uh, so here in the U.S., we have some really interesting data specifically about how minority-owned small businesses and women-owned small businesses are using our platform. We've done a lot of research on small businesses in general. Uh, late last year, we partnered with a polling firm called Morning Consult um, to better understand how small businesses around the world were using our platform. And here in the U.S., we found that across the board, um, small businesses on Facebook, one in three of them said they built their business on our platform. And four in ten, actually over four in ten of them, said that they've been able to hire more employees since joining Facebook. But we wanted to better understand um, at a demographic level if there were any, any differences among small business owners in different communities. And what we found was, was really interesting. We found that African-American and Latino small business owners were more likely to say that they were using Facebook and that they were reporting um, more impressive outcomes using our platform. And that women-owned small businesses in particular were reporting um, having increased sales using Facebook at a higher rate. And so we're not only seeing widespread use of our, of our platform across the small business community, but very impactful and unique types of use of Facebook within minority and women-owned uh, small business communities. I think that's so interesting because we've also been talking on the show in the past about how women use their social networks. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for women particularly who are doing crowdfunding, some of the research shows that they're doing better than men. And I think, you know, this is part of kind of 
the Facebook phenomenon, and it certainly you know is true on other platforms as well, that um, women are really using them well. And, and certainly we can talk about you know Black Twitter or the Latino Twitter sphere and so forth. There's just kind of some really interesting things going on on social media platforms. So tell us more about kind of um, the the research that you've done on women-owned small businesses and some of those challenges. Sure. Um, so in addition to some of the research that we've done on Facebook itself um, and the role that our platform is having in the small business community, we've also used Facebook as a mechanism simply to hear from small businesses around the world um, because we know that because so many small businesses are using Facebook every day, this is a very unique way to hear from them. And so we have a collaboration with the World Bank and the OECD called The Future of Business, where we use the Facebook platform as a mechanism to, to survey small businesses around the world. And earlier uh, this year, we did a paper specifically focused on women-owned small businesses and the rate at which they're able to access funding when compared to their uh, male-owned counterparts. And the results we got um, in, on this paper and in this research were, were fairly sobering. Uh, we found that more than half of women who run businesses around the world on Facebook are doing so entirely by themselves. So in other words, um, they are the sole employees of their ventures. And then when we look specifically at their access to capital, we found that women in nearly every region of the world are significantly less likely to fund their business with a bank loan or venture capital. Um, surprisingly, this gap does not go away as incomes rise. So while women in Europe are slightly more likely than those in Asia to have access to loan, the gap between men and women um, is pretty persistent no matter whether you're looking at Europe, North America, Latin America, or Asia. Um, and you know, this is, this is hard, especially when we try to look at ways in which you might be able to better explain why this is going on. So in statistics, you're always concerned about things like correlation versus causation. So is it that women are running younger firms or, or that they're running smaller firms or that they're running firms in particular types of industries? And it's, it's true that all of those factors do play a role. Um, so the age of a business uh, makes you, if you're running a younger firm, makes you less likely to get a loan. Or if you're running a smaller firm, it makes you less likely to get a loan. And women who are more likely to run businesses in sectors like food or retail, um, that also has an impact. But what's, what's troubling in the research that we did was that none of those impacts actually make the effect of a woman um, being a female business owner go away. So no matter what you try to control for, there's this persistent negative effect of a, of a business owner being a woman that negatively impacts her likelihood to get a loan. And we actually collaborated with a researcher at Stanford named Marianne Cooper, who was the lead researcher behind the book Lean In, to try to better understand why this was going on. And existing research has a lot to say about this. Um, it says that um, loan officers really do judge female-owned ventures as, as less likely to succeed. Um, and this has, a, has the effect of creating a phenomenon that we call a vicious cycle, meaning that because women know that their ventures are going to be judged as lower growth, that they're less likely to apply for loans. Um, and so there's a, a lot going on in the lending ecosystem that um, can be really, really challenging for women-owned small businesses. But um, we also at Facebook feel that companies like ours have a real role to play in solving some of these problems. So, we have a program called Community Boost, which is um, designed to reach small businesses, both owned by men and by women, um, with digital skills. And we're investing a uh, billion dollars to train small business owners in 30 cities in the U.S. and over 50 globally. And then we also have digital skills training programs that are uniquely focused on women. Um, we have a program called She Means Business, 
which provides a platform for women-owned small businesses to share advice and, and get access to resources around the world. And so um, while, yes, we have real challenges that our research illustrates, we also have a number of opportunities that Facebook sees itself as having a real role to play in, in, in having a positive impact um, on the broader ecosystem for women-owned small businesses. How can um, more women find out about some of these programs that you've launched, these digital um, programs? Uh, it's a great question. So we are an, uh, an online platform, so we make all of our resources available online. So She Means Business in particular, you can look up uh, that uh, program at shemeansbusiness.fb.com. And then Community Boost um, is communityboost.fb.com. And so kind of to follow up with that, and I want to um, highlight some of the things that you mentioned just in terms of funding gaps. So you talked about sometimes the age of the business, the size of the business, and the type of industry that a woman-owned business might be in may be a factor or a contributing factor in why they may not be getting the funding that they need. Uh, the second piece, and we kind of talked earlier, is about Facebook groups and the tools that you use actually to me equals community and engagement, uh, which then turns around in helping small businesses hopefully um, connect with their target audience and customers. And so we see, you know, Facebook obviously as a conduit to helping to build that customer base, which then hopefully turns into revenue. So what advice would you give to a small business who is just getting started? What steps can they take to really maximize the um, set of Facebook tools and programs that you offer? I think that's a great question. And I think it starts, um, by leveraging your community as you referenced. So another piece of research, and I believe uh, maybe we were referring to this jointly at the beginning of the presentation says that, you know, women-owned small businesses are um, more likely actually to be supported by women when they are the investors themselves. And, I, and so I find that a really compelling example of how when you reach out to your community directly, you're more likely to be successful and be supported by, by members of your, of your local network. And so using uh, something as simple as a Facebook page, um, it's a free resource. Um, unlike a website that can often take a bunch of time and money to get set up, a Facebook page is a way that in under 10 minutes, a small business can create an online presence and reach out to um, all of your immediate friends and family to support your business. We also really encourage small businesses to, to participate in digital skills training programs in their community because Facebook is offering these across the U.S. and around the world free of charge. And so we suggest that you keep an eye on Community Boost and She Means Business training programs as a way to inform yourself on everything from online ads and how to use them to building your brand to using Facebook groups to, to better understand how community can help you in, in making your venture a successful one. Tell us a little bit more about exactly what is included in these programs. I mean, I know Facebook offers a lot of resources for fo for businesses. Just you know, if you want, you know, video training or just explanations of the different things you guys do. What's included in your programs that are different than what you offer, just generally? That's a great question. Uh, so, what's different about Community Boost is, first of all, that it combines in-person and online training. Um, so, when we visit communities, we're doing so at the local level and we're partnering with a range of, of local partners who can provide training not just on Facebook tools and Instagram tools, but on a broader set of digital skills. We've done market research um, in places like Houston and St. Louis, and we found that while well, 95% of small business owners and job seekers believe digital skills to be important to growing a business, 
um, less than one in five of those individuals believe that they actually have excellent skills in this department or believe that they have the, the type of digital skills that would help them be um, uh, successful and, and able to keep up in today's changing economy. And we acknowledge that Facebook is part of that toolkit, but it's not the full part of that toolkit. And so in addition to offering coursework on things like um, how to build a, an appropriate online ad and an, an impactful online ad, building your brand, using tools on Instagram, but then also a, bro a broader set of tools on how you build um, privacy settings into the tools that you use. How do you get access to funding? How do you find the right employees for your business? We, we really want to make sure as part of Community Boost that we're, we're really arming small businesses with the wide set of digital skills they need to be competitive rather than simply tools um, on the Facebook platform. Are some of the um, partners that you're using, are they certified by Facebook? How would you know that this is actually a, a Facebook partner? Because there's so many people who are offering, you know, different type of courses to help um, small businesses and entrepreneurs on how to use Facebook properly. Yeah, at the local level, we're really looking to the subject matter experts by market, and that will differ whether it's um, a community college or a workforce development training program. Um, in Michigan, we partner specifically um, with Grand Circus to, to um, provide boot camp trainings um, and coding trainings to participants in that job market. So we're always looking to partner with um, the local experts who run the best-in-class workforce development training program. And you mentioned that four out of ten businesses who are using Facebook are also uh, using it to hire more employees. Is that tied to your Community Boost program, or is that separate? Part one of the question. And part two, is Facebook looking to uh, continue to enhance workforce development, especially you know now that a lot of uh, you know in particular women and under um, resource communities are looking to get into the tech field? Is is Facebook looking to support and increase the number of people getting into technology? Yes, uh, just last month we announced a commitment here in the U.S. to train a million small businesses and job seekers by 2020. So we are certainly um, continuing to invest heavily in workforce development training programs. Um, and then in terms of the hiring piece of the puzzle, um, you know, we like to say that we empower small businesses to grow and then small businesses, when they grow, they hire. And so all the investments that we're making on the digital skills training uh, side are really at their, at their core, designed to help small businesses grow. And when small businesses succeed, we know that they invest back in their communities and they hire more workers from their local communities. And so we see that um, Facebook, by helping small businesses to grow, that's, that's what's causing the job growth and that's what allows more small businesses to hire. I know that I'm kind of exposed to a lot of things that Facebook is doing. I mean, I know you guys came out with the Instagram TV last month. And so um, I see things probably before a lot of other people just because I'm in the industry. So I may, I'm may i actually curious, how do you get some of these words out to um, your audience about the different tools you have and so forth? How are you letting people know in addition to kind of partnering with community organizations? Well, we, we do our best um, to make our announcements available through things like news or posts. And we certainly do, you know, make announcements on our news feed itself. Many of the small businesses who use our platform are, are people who are using Facebook um, in their daily lives in, in a social fashion as well. And so we try to make announcements readily available on our news feed. Um, but we really do focus pretty strongly.
strongly on a partnership model. So by meeting small businesses where they're at, whether it's partnering, as you said, with local organizations or chambers of commerce, we try to make sure that they're hearing not only from us about the tools that they can use, but from subject matter experts in their communities who can better sensitize the tools that we have available to them. So, Laura, I want to go back to um, advice you'd give to a small business and just kind of in your role from a tech policy perspective. If you were starting a business um, and you're going to use Facebook, what questions would you ask yourself as a small business owner as you started to develop your business on Facebook? I think, you, I mean, this, this sort of goes to the heart of, of digital marketing um, best practices, right? So I think better understanding, you know, what goals you have in terms of uh, what your mission is as a business, who your target audience is, um, and then trying to figure out, you know, what you, what you can use that's available on Facebook that um, is free and and can be used um, by just, you know, having a little bit of a, of a learning attitude. So I think one of the major things that we hear from small businesses around the world is um, that they want to be trained in things, but they want it to be easy to get access to that training. They want it to be free and they want it to be short. And so Facebook has um, a wide variety of online courses available through our Blueprint um, training hub, which allows small businesses to really dive in and understand free of charge um, all the ways in which they can use our platform to grow their revenue, to increase visibility of their brand. And so as a small business, I would just say that, you know, there's a ton of resources out there that are completely free if you have a learning attitude and you're willing to sort of dive in and, and be self-taught. I think a lot of people um, feel intimidated by, by you know, the idea of setting up your own ad or, or by the idea of, of trying to teach yourself a bit in digital marketing, but um, we've made it, we hope, quite accessible and, and again, free for small businesses to teach themselves these, these skills um, in, a pretty, in a pretty easy way. And so I would just say have a learning attitude and, and make use of all the resources that are out there because um, there are many and the whole idea of, of Facebook investing in this space is to be helpful to small businesses on the ground. And I have to say that's very true because I didn't realize, I don't know, Ellie, you're going to fall out when I tell you this, okay? <laughs> you really are. So I hosted a workshop, um, a PR workshop, and so people kept saying, you know, you need to get a Facebook ad, you need to get a Facebook ad. And I'm thinking it's a boost, right? You know, you boost your post. So I was like, I did that, I boosted my post. And I was like, yeah. is that the same? And then I found out they're like, totally two different things and I had no clue I'm gonna be honest with you I said oh they're actual like there there's an ad that you create that's like yes there are ads that you ads you create and then there's a Facebook post boost and so they're two totally two separate things so something as easy as that I got mixed up on I'm in you know I'm on digital I'm on Facebook I'm on all these different social media platforms but I, even I was a little surprised I didn't understand the, the, the difference between the two the small nuance functionality so so actually that leads to a question I have too is what's the most underutilized tool that all small mm -hmm. businesses should be using and, and, and I know this is more of an opinion Laura on your part um, or looking at the data, what would you say is the most underutilized tool? That's a great question. I can't quote, um, you know, from a quantitative perspective, but I can tell you that um, I think some tools are pretty awesome when used in tandem. So, mm -hmm. for example, um, we hear from a lot of small businesses that they really like certain functionality uh, on Eventbrite. But I think Facebook events, when used in function. Uh, in tandem with an Eventbrite page to actually sell That's tickets true. can be really powerful mm -hmm. because then you're using 
Facebook events to reach your community and you're able to market your event to your friends, which an Eventbrite can't do, but then you're able to use a platform like Eventbrite to actually um, you know, sell tickets. I think we see really impressive use of um, sort of two tools in one, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, something agree. that a lot of people don't know is that through our Facebook Messenger, um, you can actually automate a lot of your customer service. So you could actually create what's called a Messenger bot you respond to the initial set of questions that you know a customer might have about your business. So you could create a messenger bot to automatically um, provide answers to a type of question uh, of what are your operating hours or what day of, days of the week are you open. Um, and so you can actually lower costs and reach more customers by using some of our features on Messenger. Um, and then I would also just say, as you guys mentioned at the beginning, you know, ads are, are still um, a tool that are being used by some small businesses, but not all. And I do think that by um, using a lot of our, our free online coursework, you can be a self-taught um, ads manager. And, I, and it's something I would encourage a lot more small businesses to just, you know, take take a couple hours, take an afternoon, um, and try to dive in and see, you know, see what you can teach yourself on how to run an ad. Because um, as you guys, as, as advisors for startups know, I mean, advertising is so critical and, and we know that platforms like Facebook are lowering barriers to entry for people to reach new markets. And so, mm -hmm. you know, just getting your toe in there, getting your getting your, your foot in the door of what it means to be an online advertiser, I think is a really critical thing to explore as well. Well, and I think a lot of people don't know they can actually sell on Facebook too. So, I mean, there's just so many things that you can do right. on the platform that people, I think, are using just a really small fraction of it. Um, but even just the basics of honing your message, getting to mm -hmm. know who your audience is, keeping in touch with your audience, you know, having a place where they can get information from you and hear about your brand story or what your messages are, or, you know, interacting with people is something that, you know, is relatively new if you think about like growth of small businesses and it's so easy and accessible and as you mentioned, Laura, free to do on Facebook, whether it's through a Facebook page or a Facebook group. And it's, I think it's just such a powerful tool for small businesses to use, no, no matter what kind they are. Yeah. So when you, Laura, when you- Yeah, I agree, you know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna echo your point about, um, you know, honing your message. Something that I learned from a small business advisor in Miami um, who works with a lot of, you know, very small businesses in the Miami community was that there was a woman who was running a cleaning business who thought that the only way that she could get her message out there was by, you know, saying, here's an ad for my cleaning business. And he was saying, you know, no, people engage with content of all kinds that could be beneficial for your business. And so he started helping her post, um, like, the top 10 health benefits of, of a clean home. And he was helping her engage mm -hmm. her audience with content that was yeah. um, not immediately focused on sort of products and services selling, but actually engaging on a particular topic that causes more people to engage um, in in her content and, and ultimately to, to buy services from her. And so I think you're totally right. You know, learning about the kind of content and information that people actually value is another way that you can experiment on the platform and you can do so. You know, you could set an ad budget of $2 a day if you want. It doesn't have to be something that breaks the bank, but sort of learning to experiment and see and seeing what content resonates, I also think is, is huge. Well, and I think what you were just saying about kind of um, you know, putting out information that people can use 
it's a way that companies can give to their potential clients first, right? So they can give all this value, right? They can share their expertise. They can have those touch points that all businesses need to build loyal, raving fans. And they can do it on a platform where everybody's hanging out anyway, which is really cool, I think. It's kind of, it, exactly. it really has changed, I think, the way we think about business. Because um, I know a lot of people ask me, you know, well, maybe I should be, you know, advertising on another platform, which will remain unnamed. And I say, <laughs> and it's not that we don't, you know, advertise on other platforms, but everybody's on Facebook, right? Yeah, so, that's true. so people are like, oh, my audience isn't on Facebook. I'm like, yes, they are. Well, everybody is on Facebook. People keep Facebook open as on their on their computers, on the tab. They, I, I know so many people who do that. So yeah. yeah, And it's the integration of personal life and business life too, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can follow your favorite businesses while catching up on what your nieces and nephews and family members are doing. Exactly. I, I will say almost every person I know, except for my grandmother, <laughs> is on Facebook, although she has asked me to set her up on Facebook <laughs> so that she can see all of the pictures that we share. Um, and I, I want to go back to your point in terms of engaging with customers and engaging content. You know, there's so many different ways that people engage. So there's kind of the informal way, there's some ads will get to people. Um, and Laura, you mentioned a messenger bot earlier. We are doing a lot, I would say, um, across the board on sort of just using novel technology, um, specifically uh, in ways that excite me for people in communities that might be hearing impaired or visually impaired. Um, so we do a lot on Facebook to make our platform available to people of the uh, visually impaired uh, communities by allowing you to navigate much of Facebook using your keyboard rather than a mouse, as an example. Um, and so we're making use of novel technology to, to make sure that our platform is as broadly accessible to communities around the world as possible. And that's one of the, the ways in which technology and and, and, and Cutting-edge technology on Facebook really excites me. So let's switch the conversation to data since we're talking about technology. And uh, we know that Facebook is making a lot of changes to its platform to better protect data. Um, Can you tell us how you think that might affect small businesses? Indeed. Uh, Facebook is doing a lot. Uh, to make our privacy features easier to use and also to give people more control over the ads they see. And we think that these changes are ultimately quite good for small business since we know that the majority of people uh, firstly want to see personalized ads. We also know that they want to support local businesses directly in their community. Um, So specifically, we're making it possible for people to see all ads and pages running across Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and our partner networks. And you'll be able to see those ads even if they aren't shown to you if, you if you want to better understand how pages are running particular ads. You can also learn more about the facts of pages. Um, so when they were started, um, who built them, and, and you can see this information even if, if that page isn't advertising. And we think that these sorts of features create uh, transparency that we know people value and that when people have a positive experience using Facebook, that that's ultimately good for the small businesses that are trying to reach them. So why is Facebook indicative of the future of digital communication, and how can it be helpful to other startups in particular? Well, I think I've spoken a lot to the research we've done. Um, So perhaps rather than quoting more research, it might be helpful to to tell a quick story, uh, which illustrates the role that Facebook can have for for startups. Um, So a couple decades ago, two brothers, Bradford and Brian Manning, um, were diagnosed during childhood with a degenerative eye disease um, that unfortunately causes blindness over time. Uh, they grew up together and they graduated from the University of 
Virginia and they were living in New York City, both with day jobs, and got the idea to, um, to dedicate their lives to trying to find a cure to blindness um, and wanted to do so by starting an ultra soft designer clothing company, which would use all of its profits for the sole purpose of funding blindness research. Um, as I mentioned earlier, a little known fact about Facebook is that it actually wins a lot of awards on accessibility um, in terms of allowing most of our tools to be navigated uh, via a keyboard rather than a mouse. Um, and so as a result, Bradford and Brian were able to use the tools on our platform to create a high impact ad campaign. Um, they focused on um, an ad campaign around Black Friday where they wanted to recreate the experience of shopping blind. And they did so by blacking out product imagers and asking customers if they'd be willing to shop without actually being able to see the products that they wanted to buy. Oh. Alongside this, they created a video that focused on their mission to use all of their profits to, to fund research to cure build blindness. Um, and as a result of this high-impact ad campaign, they were able to raise over $100,000 for blindness research. And because they continued to use Facebook, um, they were able to grow their full-time team of apparel workers who were actually all visually impaired themselves um, from five to 12 workers. And they were able to expand the company's corporate team from five to seven people. Um, and I think this story in particular shows how a platform like Facebook can help startups run by people around the world by of all sorts of backgrounds um, to be successful. And it's the type of story that uh, makes me very excited to work for Facebook and makes me proud of the role that, that we are continuing to play in the small business community. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, we have so many stories of people who have used Facebook for different kinds of things. Um, uh, most recently, we've been working on um, growing the LGBTQ entrepreneurs group, which has been um, featured now in different places and has been kind of touted as one of the best places online to go for LGBTQ entrepreneurs. And I think it's it's that community building that we were talking about earlier, exactly. you know, with just, you know, having small business owners, like you said, most of whom, well, not most of whom perhaps, but a lot of whom are solopreneurs, mm -hmm. be able to connect and kind of talk about what they're doing in their businesses and share with other entrepreneurs. Um, we also have worked with um, companies who are, you know, selling things, like I said, B2B and B2C. I, I think people are surprised about the B2B part. Um, we've worked on um, campaigns. My team has helping sell MRI machines online. And I think when people understand that it can be that, you know, robust, then people are like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not thinking about this platform in the right way and all the things you can do here. But I, I just think there's just so many tools and it is so important for for entrepreneurs to really think about how they can use all of these free, right. a lot of them are free, free tools, mm -hmm. right? And particularly with the growth of Instagram and how people are using that to build their brand and to build their messages and to have interaction and so forth. And, I and going back to free and building their brands, I think a lot of people just see Facebook and Instagram as building their brands instead of looking at it as an opportunity to sell, to make sales and make money and use it as a platform. So it, it's all about just getting the word out there and changing their mindsets. Right. And there's nothing wrong with building a brand. You know, we're all here about, you know, about building brands, but maybe it's a mindset change. It's like, okay, yes. How does that translate into making money for your business? And that's one of the reasons why we're doing the show, right? Is to provide uh, information that mm -hmm. uh, small businesses may not no, and I think Laura brought up a very good point early on, is that if you have a learning attitude and you just take some time to understand functionalities that Facebook provides or other platforms and be creative, 
you can actually do so many things with community building engagement and then identifying customers. Um, I think we found in talking with some of the small businesses that we advise is that they go in thinking they have one customer type, right. but as mm -hmm. you peel back the onion and you really understand their story, and as Laura kind of shared this, this ad campaign for Black Friday, there's so many creative ways that people can uncover additional audiences and potential customers. Yeah, I, I joke that in my profession, I hold all of my opinions very, very lightly, right? Because you think you know how, what a particular group of people will do, and then you get you know, an ad or whatever message in front of several thousand, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't what I thought. Right. And, and I think that's also the power of you know, Facebook and you know, all the, the data that we collect, particularly when we're um, doing advertising, right? You know, what, what messages are actually working? What's kind of resonating with people? And, and it is important, and, and Laura, I'm sure you can talk to this more than I can, but it's important for Facebook to provide a really rich and enjoyable experience for the user. So they're careful about who they put ads in front of and how that mm -hmm. looks. And, you know, it's why hopefully what you see in your feed resonates with you, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's supposed to be a fun place to be. Right? Yeah. Laura, I don't know if you yeah, have any thoughts I mean, about an that. Yeah, interesting example of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, an interesting example of that actually comes from the work that I do on the social good side. Um, so we work with nonprofits, actually, who are trying to reach audiences to help them better understand what audiences um, their message might resonate with. And a really good example of the phenomenon you're talking about in terms of the need for experimentation when you're, when you're running a campaign is that we partnered uh, a couple years ago with uh, UNICEF in Brazil to try to better understand how they could effectively get the word out about um, Zika. And they were thinking, should we run an ad campaign for expectant mothers? Should we run an ad campaign focused on people who already have kids who are thinking about having a second child? You know, keeping in mind that, you know, when you think Zika, you typically think of pregnant women and um, their need to protect themselves and, and their children. And what we found when we actually partnered with UNICEF and did a little bit of analysis on the types of conversations that were taking place on Facebook about Zika were largely taking place among men. Um, there was a lot of confusion that, uh, you know, that men in communities wanted to play an active role in helping protect themselves and by extension their families and by extension their communities from Zika. And so we actually, rather than uh, targeting women with this messaging, worked with UNICEF to do a a uh, father-focused campaign and a, and a male-focused campaign about how to protect your family against the Zika virus. And this had a statistically significant improvement on the rates of engagement and when we get surveys following the campaign, um, like, you know, nearly everyone who saw the ad basically said they planned to take an action to protect their, their family against Zika. And so I think that's one example of many where um, not only a learning attitude, but also having a, a little bit of a mindset of experimentation about you know who your message might resonate with. Um, it just goes to show that you have you have customers in, in unlikely places, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. being willing to try new things using online advertising and online campaigns can lead to really impressive results. I love that story. I'm going to tell too. that yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely because I mean I have so many examples of things that we test and then we find you know a result that we didn't expect. But that is a great one. That is such a great one. Well, do you have a story? Oh, I was going to say. Oh. I was going to ask well, you same especially question. with the lookalike lookalike audiences. Yeah. I know you've brought that up a few times in our conversation. So, but one of, one of the things that I was going to say about just that particular campaign is that I think. Um, in my world, right, I mean, I'm working with Get Found, Get Funded, and in other ways to support and help underrepresented entrepreneurs. And I think what's funny is that when you're doing digital marketing, it's all about data. And mm -hmm. so we make mm -hmm. assumptions about certain groups, and then 
the data can tell you, no, that's not true, or no, that's only true in these circumstances, or Laura, as you were talking about earlier, unfortunately, it's true across the board with all of these circumstances, and so it's not just that people are doing X or Y, right? It's not it's not a um, it's an in, it's not an individual pro- problem. It's more of a you know how do we change mindsets and attitudes problem. And so I think those kinds of things are really interesting to me, mm-hmm. particularly as we look at kind of how we work with our clients. And and we really enjoy working with clients that have some kind of um, mission or message or overall social impact, whether it be just for our clients, you know, immediate family and community or for kind of greater social good issues. And I think I think that um, Facebook doesn't get maybe enough, you know, good press around that, that there is just so much amazing good that is going on that people are using Facebook for, whether it's in business or outside of business. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that story, Laura, and talked about how nonprofits can use this and then how important it is to test. I always say test, testing, testing. Yep, data, data and testing. And I, you know, just to underscore that point, you know, I think Facebook and, and other platforms, but Facebook in particular has really helped to change people's behaviors, you know, you know, culture, politics, in, in, in many cases, good ways. Mm-hmm. And it also help you to understand other cultures and behaviors as well. Yep. So it, it's, it's, it's just a powerful tool all the way around that uh, I think more and more people need to start learning and paying attention to. I think people can take advantage of being involved in things that maybe they wouldn't have time to mm-hmm. like go down to the local, you know, fill in the blank nonprofit and don't you know, and donate their time for 15 hours a week, but they can, you know, take part in different campaigns, they can donate, they can, you know, you know, know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of power there. I mean, we talked about that with regard to families, but I think for businesses, it's just as important. Absolutely. Yes. So, Laura, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience or uh, small businesses? Any takeaways that you have for them? Sure. I, I would just uh, remind small businesses around the U.S. that um, we are visiting uh, over 30 cities in the United States uh, with our Community Boost program. So, I would take a look at Facebook Community Boost um, as an opportunity to come and see if you can get trained. And if we're not coming to your city, we yeah. also have coursework available through our Blueprint online training module. Um, and so I would always keep an eye out for um, digital skills in, in your community. These trainings are, are designed for small businesses, and we do have a commitment to train a million small businesses and job seekers by 2020 in the U.S. So um, we hope that we're able to reach as, as many small businesses as possible, and uh, many of whom I'm sure are listeners to your show. If you had to give people one place to go to start learning about kind of the business um, tools that Facebook offers. Is there one place that you would suggest people start? I mean, there's so much out there, but where would you send people to get going? Sure. Sure. So if you wanted to uh, take a, um, an opportunity to just use our online tools, you could go to facebook.com slash blueprint, um, which is a really good landing page for all the online resources that we've made available to small businesses. Um, if you're a women-owned small business, business teamingsbusiness.sc.com is a great place to get resources. And then again, keeping an eye out for Facebook community booths. I know I gave you three, but that's great. That's so awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Um, so we have been talking about a lot of things today, um, particularly with regard to what Facebook is doing with um, improving 
how businesses use data and how they can improve their privacy and so forth, and also just all of the programs that they have for both supporting women and other small businesses in general. Uh, Laura told us a little bit about some of the research they've been doing, not only on U.S.-based businesses, but also around the, wim around the world with regard to women-owned small businesses. So that was really interesting. And Laura, I know you had have a lot of other things coming up, so hopefully we'll be able to have you back and have you share other, other um, research that you all do. Uh, unfortunately, Laura was not willing to share with us non-public information about upcoming tool sets, but we understand that. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> so we want to remind people to go to the Community Boost um, information page and to learn more on Blueprint and really think about using Facebook, either layering the tool sets or thinking about using it in unusual ways that might really make sense for you. And don't forget the basic part of using Facebook, particularly with your customers, building your message, building those connections, building your um, just your relationships with people that you want to eventually become your raving fans. So thanks for joining us on Get Found, Get Funded. Don't miss an episode. And you can always check us out online on our website, on Instagram, on Facebook, <laughs> and, and elsewhere.